Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Hey, uh, if you have your Bibles, let me read a story to you. Uh, very familiar passage of Scripture, John chapter 11. John chapter 11. It's the story of Lazarus. The story of Lazarus. It says this, now there was a man named Lazarus and he was sick. Everybody said he was sick. He was sick and he was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Now this was the same Mary whose brother Lazarus now lay sick. She was the same one that poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love, your friend, he's sick. But Jesus heard this. He said, this sickness will not. He makes a promise. This sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister, Mary and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. That doesn't seem like it goes together, but we'll talk about it here in a minute. Mary and Martha and Lazarus have found themselves in a very difficult situation. Can we all agree? And they call on Jesus and Jesus stays where he's at two more days. Lazarus is sick. He's dying. His strength is fading and it leaves them in a gap. A gap between what they maybe expected that their brother would live <laughs> a long time. Nobody ever expects death, right? And there's this expectation they have. And then there's an experience. An experience and it leaves a gap between what they desire Jesus to do, what they wanna experience, what they hoped for is actually happening. And so I wanna preach this morning from the title, Stuck in the Gap. Stuck in the Gap. I believe all of us can find ourselves in moments where we're just stuck in the gap. And that's where Mary and Martha and Lazarus find themselves stuck in the gap. As I think about this Easter morning, I think about the Friday that Jesus died on a cross. We call it Good Friday, right? But it seems like a bad Friday, but it was a good Friday because he was looking beyond the pain of the cross to you and to me. Romans, or sorry, Hebrews chapter 12 rather says this, that he endured the cost or the cost of the cross or he counted a joy and he endured the cross. Why? For you and for me. And so that was Friday and then the weekend rolled around. There was a gap between what those around him were experiencing and what he said he would do. Like, hey, Jesus, I thought we were gonna go change the world and now you're dead. What do we do? They were stuck in the gap. And so I wanna preach from that idea today. And so let me pray for you and we'll get into the message. Father, thank you so much for every person here today. God, I pray that this word would not be a word that's just from me, but God, it would be a message that just uh, shines on your word. God, I pray today that your word would be alive, not my words. God, my words are just, they're just human words. But your word, the Bible says, is living and active. The word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. It can pierce all the way through the mess in our life, the chaos, the joint, and the marrow. 
And so today, may your word be alive. May your word be active. And may it change us. May we experience your resurrection power today in a fresh way. And the church said, amen. Amen, everybody. Thank you, Chris. Hey, um, I was thinking about our story and I was thinking about the fact, as I said a minute ago, we've all been here, right? This stuck in the gap. Uh, how, how many of you guys, maybe, maybe any coffee drinkers in the room? Any of you guys love coffee? Uh, I am a coffee snob, right? And so how many of you know sometimes when you go to the coffee store and you pay $7 because all the prices have increased over uh, whatever last year was, um, you pay $7 for a latte, what you expect to experience and sometimes what you get don't always line up. If you're at Starbucks, they will remake your drink. If you are somewhere else, they will look at you. Thought he was gonna pick up the tab because that's what they do, right? And the waiter comes around and he says, is this gonna be one check or separate? And you wait for it, right? And he's like, separate, please. What you experienced and what you expected were two different things. Guys, you thought when you get married, you had some expectations that every night and what you experienced... I don't know what you're thinking about. What you experience were two different things, right? There's sometimes in our lives where what we expect and what we experience, they don't always line up. They don't always line up when you expect your kids are gonna behave when you go to that restaurant. You gave them the iPad. You bought them the chicken nuggets. You're like, they're gonna be good. I've given you everything you want. And then they're like, mom and dad doesn't even exist, nor are they the boss. What you expected they would do and what you experience are two different things. And often we can find ourselves in those situations, right? Where you expected that new job to turn out different than the old job. But it didn't. And you're kind of right back where you used to be. Your experience is different. You expected that if you work really hard and you bust your tail, you know, nine to five and, you know, you feel like you're working harder than everybody else around you, you expected that race to come but it didn't. You expected this financial situation that you're in to turn around, but sometimes what you expect and what you're experiencing, they just don't line up. You expected to make the team. You expected to get into that school. You expected that relationship to work out, but sometimes there's a gap between what you expect and what you experience. And in those moments, it can just leave you feeling stuck. You hoped it would turn out different. You expected to move past some things in your life. You expected to be stronger or healthier or financially in a better place. You just expected it to be different. And our emotions, when that happens, they can kind of get all messed up, right? They can get the best of us and kind of leave us thinking, what are we gonna do? And you know, Lazarus uh, Lazarus in this moment, the Bible says, is, is sick, If you look that word up, it says he's sick. He's without strength. Anybody ever been just without strength? He's just without strength. Now we know he is dying, right? Not just like kind of dying. He's dying, dying. And, And I would propose this, that there are times in all of our lives where we may not be physically sick and dying, but there are things that are dying in our lives. I would propose that we all have situations that that can come at us where life can hit us like we didn't think it would, and, and in doing so, something happens and it, it kind of kills something inside of us. Yeah. That relationship that we got into that we thought would last forever and it didn't, and then something dies on the inside of us. 
It leaves us stuck in a gap. You stood at the altar and said, I do for forever, right? And you thought it would last forever. And this last week, maybe you've been talking about divorce because something has died in the relationship. We all have things in our lives that are broken. We all have things in our life that, 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 that are hurting, that just leave us like there's no way out. This is never gonna end. And so, so something dies on the inside of us. What you've experienced and what you're expecting, they don't line up, you're in a gap. And in turn, you experience this, this sickness within. And so what, what happens in those moments? Have you ever thought about it? Maybe you've never really thought about it, but you have experienced it, right? What happens in those moments where you're stuck in the gap between what you wanted to happen in life and what is happening in your life, when something dies, there's a lot of things that happen. You start believing, well, this is just my lot in life. This is how it is, and this is how it's always going to be. And so, in essence, you give up. You give up on the relationship. You give up on the job. You give up on the friendships. You give up on the sibling. You give up. You give up that anything could ever change. Why? Because you're confused. When things like that happen, it, it leaves us confused. Like, what do we do next? And how many of you know sometimes things happen where you just don't know what to do next? I don't know what to do next. And, and, and things, things die in us. And in that death trap, rather, that's, that's probably something you, can, you could call it. In that death trap, we get consumed with doubt. We get consumed with worry. And we just, we think, you know what? I'll just give up. And man, there's so many people that I've talked to and so many people that I've pastored throughout the years that in the gap when they're stuck, they just decide, you know what? It's easier to just give up than to deal with the gap. It's easier to just get a divorce. It's easier just to, to run out. It's easier just to move on. It's easier to pack up the U-Haul and move to another city than facing this issue in me right now. Because something's dying. And it leaves you broken. And that's where Lazarus is. He's dying. He's sick. And the Bible says that Mary and Martha, it says they called out for Jesus. They sent Jesus a message. So the messenger took a day to get to Jesus. And the messenger gets to Jesus. He's about a day away. And says, hey, uh, Lazarus is sick. You know, I, I think it's very unique what Mary and Martha do when they're, they're faced with this sickness that's in front of them. They're faced with this death that, that, that is different than what they expected. They expected their brother to live. They didn't expect to be in this situation. I think it's interesting that the first thing that they do is the Bible says they send for Jesus. They send a messenger out. I would say that one of the best things that you can do, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. I don't have a lot of points today and I'm not tapping to a point, but here's the point for you. Uh, the best thing that you can do when you're in the middle of the death trap, when you're stuck in the gap, is cry out for Jesus. Yeah. Send word to Jesus. What do you do when you're stuck in the gap? What friend do you phone? In this moment, they phoned a friend and it was the right friend. They sent for Jesus. They knew about Jesus. They knew that he performed miracles. They knew that he could make a difference in people's life. They knew that he was the Messiah. They had spent time around this guy and they're like, hey, in, in, in the gap, we know who we're calling. We know what we're gonna do. We're gonna send word to Jesus. 
I love that. And I think it's so important for us to think about what we do in the gap when we're stuck. You know, so often we, we call on the wrong things in our life. When we're stuck in the gap, we, we call on, you know, and it's different for everybody, right? Maybe, maybe for you, you call on, you know, unhealthy relationships to fill the gap. Maybe, maybe for you, 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 you call on, you know, maybe it's a drug to alleviate the pain. I just need something to numb me. I just can't feel this anymore. And if I can just get, just get a moment of relief. Maybe you call on, you know, success and it's like, you know what, I'm just gonna avoid this and I'm gonna work like nine to nine every day. I'm just gonna work, 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 work and hope it just goes away. I'm gonna turn my back to the problem. Maybe you call on power and you just say, hey, I'm powerful, I got this. You just think, you know what, I can do anything. I can, I can fix this, I, I, I'm just gonna do me. Maybe you call on pleasures and everybody's pleasures look different. You spend all your time on a hobby. Every day you're out golfing. Every day, you know, you're out spending money that you shouldn't spend on the credit card shopping because you just need something. You just need something to help you in the gap because something is dying and you've got to call on something and we all call on something in the gap. The question is, who are you calling on? What are you calling on? Are you calling on pleasures? Are you calling on, you know, whatever vices? Are you calling, you know, or are you calling on Jesus? And in this moment, they called on Jesus. And so they called on Jesus. And, and, and Mary and Martha sent word to him. And I would just say it's smart when you call on Jesus because Jesus is the Messiah. He is life. He is the answer to your problems. And so they said, hey, Jesus, um, the one you love, the one you love, he's, he's sick. The one you love is sick, Jesus. I love that phrase, the one you love is sick. Man, I hope on Easter morning at Life Point Church, if you walk out of here with anything today, you'd walk out of here with this, knowing that you're loved. Lazarus in this story was the one that Jesus loved, but today all of you are the one that he loves. The Bible says in John 3, 16, that for God so loved what? The world. Guess who's a part of that right now? I believe you're all living on planet earth. You are the world. God loves you. God cares about you. Maybe you've never heard anybody ever tell you that, explain that to you, but God loves you. He loves you so much that, that when we celebrate you know, Easter, we're not just celebrating resurrection. There is no death without the resurrection. So it's, it's Friday and Sunday. When you think about what happened on Friday, Friday was demonstration of how much he loved you. When he died on a cross, when he did, as I said a minute ago in Hebrews 12, it says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. There was a joy in his life when he endured that cross. There was joy in that moment. Because he was looking not just at the situation, but he was looking 2,000 years down the road and he was seeing you in this room and he was seeing the person sitting next to you in this room and he was saying, I count it joy that in this moment I can look through the pain, I can look through the cost of the cross because I love them. And they sent word to Jesus, the one that you love is sick. If you're sick in here today, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And there's probably a little sickness in all of us. 
And Jesus responds, this sickness will not end in death. I love that. What a beautiful promise. This sickness will not end in death. You need to know today, whatever you've been facing, whatever you've been, you know, whatever's been ailing you, whatever's been taking away your strength, maybe wherever you are stuck in the gap, this sickness will not end in death. Your marriage doesn't have to die. Your hopes don't have to die. Your relationships don't have to die. That job situation doesn't have to die. That son or daughter that is prodigal, that's a long ways off, that relationship doesn't have to die. Your career doesn't have to die, guys. It doesn't have to die. The sickness will not end in death, he says. The issues that's plaguing your mind. The sickness will not end in death. And so the Bible says that he says that. And then a weird thing happens actually that I found so out of context it seemed. It says that, that Jesus received word, okay, about a day's journey. And, and, and then he waited. Two days. Um, okay, Jesus. Like, you're my bro, right? Um, he's dying? Like, I expect you to do a little faster than my ER wait time. You know, like, don't you have some lightning fast speed or something? Can't you get a camel? Two days? It doesn't say it took him two days. It says he stayed where he was for two days. Jesus, your friend who you love is dying. It's all good. It's all good. I know what I'm doing. This sickness will not end in death. You ever felt like God didn't show up for you? You ever felt like when you're in the middle of the gap, where are you, Jesus? Like I heard you were supposed to be there for me when I called on you. Where are you? Uh, Jesus, this problem is happening. Can you come like yesterday? You know, one of the things that I've learned is even when we don't understand God's timing, we can always trust God's purpose. Even when we don't understand the plan that God has for our life, we can always trust his purposes. His purpose is like John 10 and 10, that he came to give you life and make you fully alive. His purpose is like in Romans 8, 28, that all things will work together for those that are called accordingly to his purpose, that love him, that, 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 that all things work together. Well, God, I don't understand why it's taking five years to restore this relationship. I don't understand why I'm waiting on my miracle. I don't understand why I have to go into that job again. I don't understand why I prayed yesterday and my husband still won't come back to church. It's been like four years and you're just stuck in the gap and you get desperate in the gap. You get tired in the gap. You're just, God, I don't understand. And so he looks at the disciples and and he says, hey guys, uh, it's been two days. Uh, we need to get going. Um, our friend Lazarus, he's sick. Um, you didn't read this part. I'm telling you the rest of the story here. Our friend Lazarus, he's sick. Um, he's actually sleeping. 
And they're like, well, if he's asleep, just like let him be. He can wake himself up, right? And he's like, wait, um, you're not getting me. Uh, he's not sleeping. He's dead. Um, dead, dead. They're like, we ain't going back there because if we go, we might as well die too. Thomas said that. He's always the one doubting, right? He's like, we ain't going back. Why, why did he say that? Well, he, he knew where they were going. I mean, they just fled from there. The Jews are ready to kill them there. They ain't going back. We might as well die too. And Jesus is saying, no, this is going to be for, the, for your glory. Yeah. I'm going to help you with your belief. And so the Bible says that they headed to, to Bethany. It says that they headed to Mary and Martha's house, and that's where we pick up our story again. And Lazarus is dead. It's been four days now because he's took a day, right? Two days he waited. It took him another day to get back. So it's been four days now. You know, in uh, Jewish burial customs and I don't know all the Jewish burial customs, but I did read this. I thought it was so fascinating that that it was like a 30-day ceremonial process. And the first three days would be weeping. And then the next like seven to 10 days would actually be lamenting, which is just this like, this internal agony. And that's, that's where he shows up. Like the scene that he walks up to is not just like this crying, like, did this really just happen? No, it's a lamenting, like, not only did it happen, but it has really happened. He is in the grave now. We have wrapped him with grave clothes. He is dead. There is no way out. There is no coming back. It has moved from just like denial to acceptance. There's no way out of this situation. Jesus walks in. I want you to think about that, guys. Jesus walks in to a hopeless situation. That's so good. To prove anytime there's a way that there seems to be no way, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And so he comes to a way where there seems to be no way and says in verse number 20, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed home Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, if you wouldn't have waited, if you wouldn't have like taken your time, my brother would not have died. But I know God, that even now, even now God will give you whatever you ask. And so Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. I've already told you, this sickness will not end in death. Let me say it again. Your brother will rise again. I know there seems to be no way. I know he's stuck in the gap. I know it seems dark and hopeless, but your brother will rise again. And Martha says, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection, in the last day, right? Like, when we're all dead and we all get caught up to meet with you, I know he'll rise again in that resurrection. And Jesus says one of the most amazing things, the next word out of his mouth. I think it's one of the most amazing passages of scripture that define Easter and what the Easter message is and who Jesus is. And he looks at her and he says, I am. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though 
they die. And whoever lives, whoever lives by believing in me. You notice a key word throughout this passage, belief. Whoever believes in me, whoever lives believing will never die. And he looks at her and he says, do you believe this? He just told Thomas and the disciples a minute ago, hey, we're going, I'm gonna kind of help you along with your belief. And now he's faced there in a moment when somebody's stuck at the gap and he says, hey, let me tell you something. I am resurrection. I am life. Here's what's fascinating about this moment. Jesus hadn't died yet. He hadn't fulfilled that which he came to do and that was the cross. And so he hadn't actually died and been resurrected yet, but he's saying he's the resurrection. In other words, resurrection with Jesus wasn't an event. It wasn't just a moment in time. No, resurrection is who he was. Resurrection was his character. Resurrection was his DNA. He wasn't just resurrected, he was resurrection. That is why he is the only God. He is the only God that can bring hope to every dead, every dry, every hopeless situation. There is no other God that can claim resurrection. You can serve any other God. They have never been resurrected. They never will be resurrected. But he said, it's not just about me being resurrected. I am resurrection. I am life. I am the only one that can get you out of the gap, that can get you out of the grave. And so he just says, sorry, I know it's Easter. Settle down. Button it back up. Do you believe? And I think that's the question that he's asking us today. Do you believe? Do you believe? You're stuck in the gap. Do you believe? Do you believe that he can do what he said he can do? You're stuck in the gap, but do you? Do you believe? He said, if you believe in me, you'll live. Even though you die, whoever lives by believing in me will never die. You know, that's all it takes to experience resurrection power today. It just takes belief. There's no hurdles to jump through. There's no class you gotta take. There's no right you have to do. You don't have to get your life together. You don't have to come all perfect. We've all messed up. We're all sinners. I don't care what, what sin that you've committed, we're all sinners. We've all, we've all came into the world that way. But all you have to do to, to experience His resurrection power, His life, is just believe. No hurdles, no hoops to jump through. Just believe. He says, do you believe? Because if you do, you'll see that resurrection isn't an event to celebrate, but it's an experience to have. The resurrection can be inside of you. And that's what Easter really is all about. Easter is about that Jesus died, but he didn't stay dead. He resurrected, proving I am who he said he was. 
See, it shouldn't have been a surprise to the disciples that he was resurrected at Easter. They didn't have to leave doubting because he'd been showing them all along. He'd been like, show and tell, here it is. But in the gap, it's hard. But do you believe? Because if you believe, you'll experience resurrection. So verse number 40, he goes up to the tomb where Lazarus has been buried for four days. It stinks, it smells. Nobody in the audience thinks that this is about to happen. It says they take away the stone and Jesus looked up and he said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. Can I just tell you, the Father always hears you when you call out to him. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me. He always hears your cry for help. He always hears when you reach out to him. I thank you that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing there, that they may believe. They may believe what? That I am resurrection, that you sent me. And when he said this, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, go ahead and come on out. Come out, Lazarus. And a dead man, bones begin to rattle. Life begin to pour into him. I've seen, I've seen somebody dead before. White, ghostly. It's in this moment, blood begins to rush through Lazarus' veins. He gets up kind of confused, like, have I been sleeping? Everybody else is like, no, bro, you've been dead. Don't you smell yourself? And he gets up walks out of the grave and I love out and the man who had died came out with his hands and feet bound with linen strips of cloth and Jesus said to them unbind him unbind him and let him go see when you invite resurrection power in your life when you invite him when you say hey I believe you know a promise that you can have that you can walk out of here today, not only alive again, not only with blood and new life rushing through your veins, not only with a breath of fresh air flowing in you, but the Bible says, unwrap him, let him out of those grave clothes. I'm believing that you can walk out of here today, taking the grave clothes off, taking the stench of death off, taking the things that have caused you to walk around feeling hopeless and, and you know, like this is never going to end, leaving him here, leaving the grave clothes behind and walking out of here new and clothes off. That's what he does for us. And so just like he called out, Lazarus, come out. I believe today he's calling some of your names. I believe today he's saying, Billy, come on out of there. Today he's saying, Josh, come on out of there. Today he's saying, you know, come on out of there, Dario, come on out of their plate. Whatever your name is, Jesus is saying, you can come out of the gap. You can experience me as resurrection, as resurrection power. You know what the, you know what Lazarus' name means? It means the one who God helps. God's here to help you today. The same power that rose Lazarus from the dead, the same power it took to get Jesus up out of the grave is here 
for you today. Romans 8, verse number 11. Don't take my word for it. It says, the Spirit of God, the power of God who raised Jesus from the dead. It lives in you. When you say yes to Jesus, it lives in you. The same power it took to get a dead man up out of the grave, it lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies, not your dead bodies, your mortal bodies, your life right now that is mortal, that feels like it's hopeless, that feels like it's dead, that feels like it's stuck in the gap. He gives life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit. The same Spirit living within you. And so the same power that rose the dead today can live in you. God is here for you today. God wants to restore you today. And it starts, it starts real simply. It starts by, by you answering a question. And the question is this, do you believe? That's, that's my Easter message for you today. I don't know what you came in with today expecting. You're like, well, I didn't expect him to preach. Usually he just taps the TV all day. You gotta try something a little different on Easter. You know what I'm saying? Do you believe? Do you believe? Because if you do, you can experience resurrection power. I want you to get that card out that I, uh, I referenced earlier. Everyone get that card out. And uh, usually now's the part of the service where, where I ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes and extend the gospel presentation to you, but we want to do something a little different. And I wanted to walk you through a decision that you have in this moment to make. All of us in this room, at the bottom of the card, you'll notice four letters, A, B, C, and D. At the bottom of this card, uh, you'll see those letters. And I want you to know this, all of you guys are one of these letters. All of you have a bubble to fill in here. Uh, a is this. Uh, a means that you already are in a real relationship with Jesus. So if you're here today and you would just say, this is me. I love Jesus. I'm in relationship with him. I know God. That's me. I want you to check that box. I'm already in relationship with him. And then B says this. B says, I'm, I'm ready to begin. I'm ready to begin. I'm, I'm beginning a real relationship with Jesus. You're ready to believe on Jesus today and begin to start, to start a relationship with God. That's why really this whole service was designed for that, for you to check B. For somebody in this room far from God to say, today I'm ready. I'm ready to believe on Jesus. I'm ready to believe in resurrection and life, that God can take every dead area of my life and breathe life into it. You've been trying to do it on your own. How's it working for you? Maybe you would say, it's good. Can I just propose this? It won't always be that way. Today, there is a friend that will sit closer than a brother, that will never leave you, never forsake you. It's ready to begin a relationship with you. Or maybe you would say, I'm C. I'd like to consider it. That's okay. If this is you, 
I want you to feel comfortable riding C. This church really, it, 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 it was designed in a way for, for B and C, right? Like, like to give your life to Christ, but to consider it. And we're okay with you coming and considering it. Let me just say this, you can consider it and still belong here. You can consider Jesus and still call this home. You can consider Jesus and still find friends here that love you and care about you. You can consider this and I'll still pastor you and try to help you and pour into your life. You can consider it and still belong here. Whether you believe at all, we're okay with that. We're okay with you considering. We're praying that one day that a consideration would turn to a decision. We just say yes to Jesus. And so that's maybe you today. Or maybe somebody brought you today or you tried out church and like Scott, you were an atheist. And you've determined though, this is who you are. This is who you're always gonna be. You just say, I don't ever intend on making that decision. We'd love to know who you are. Um, and this, no shame on this. If this is you, have the courage to write it. Just fill in the bubble for you, okay? Um, and here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take all of these cards and you know, I wanna personally pray for like the C's and the D's. Those are like, I'm considering it or I'm never gonna do it. I just wanna pray for you. And so the worst thing that happens by you filling out this bubble is you're gonna have somebody praying for you. And look, I mean like, what could go wrong by just having somebody pray for you, right? That's a pretty good thing. So we'd love to pray for you. And here's our hope that, that next Easter, there'll be some D's that come in and say, no, I'm ready now. But you can belong before you believe, but be honest, fill out that card. And uh, we'd love to just kind of see where you're at. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes all over this room? If you're in here today and you're ready to check B, that's you. You're like, today I'm ready to, to begin. I wanna do more than consider Jesus. I wanna start a relationship with Jesus. The Bible says that all of us, all of us were sinners. Sin separated us from a loving God. But Jesus came because of that sin that left a gap, died on a cross so that the gap could be closed. So the gap that we were experiencing between earth and heaven could be closed and that you could have eternal life in Him. So He closed the gap so you could say yes to Him. And the Bible says anyone that calls, anyone that believes on Jesus shall be saved. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that, hey, Jesus, I messed up. There's a gap between us. I'm a sinner. You confess with your mouth what he already knows, by the way, but believe in your heart. It's all about belief. Do you believe? Believe in your heart that Jesus is resurrection, that he died, but he didn't stay dead. He resurrected. And just as he rose from the grave, just as he had life breathed into him, he too can then breathe life into you because he is resurrection. And so if that's you, you checked B. I'm gonna lead you in a simple prayer. You could pray it right where you are. Just pray it in your heart with me. Would you just pray this in your heart? Father, I need you. I need you to come into my life. Make me brand new. Father, I repent of my sins. I receive the, the work of the cross. Make me brand new. Make me fully alive. I believe you not only died for me, but you are resurrection and life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, everybody. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, 
you can give by visiting lifepointlu.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.